Thank you for joining us, Kirk. You are not muted, not even a little bit, not even a little bit, Kirk. Oh, no, I'm so why sorry. did you do it? Why'd you do it, Kirk? <laughs> Why'd you unmute yourself? I didn't think I did. There was, I I was on a great riff of, I know we talked about this last week, but a great riff of the theme song. It was like, and I was going, popcorn for breakfast, y'all, popcorn for breakfast, y'all. I think we need to put words to our song finally. I think you need to shut it. That's what I think. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Jeez, Kirk. You ruined it. Don't go into a hole. It's fine. It's fine, but I I cannot believe you. I cannot believe it. You just got carried I'm, away there. That's really all there is to it. You just got carried I've away. I ruined everything like I often do. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you like bobbing and doing your thing, and I was like, well, I really hope that like he's not singing. And then I was like, oh, he's definitely singing. And then I could hear you singing, and it was it was just all bad. It was full it was, full voice. All bad. Full voice singing, yeah. Uh, it's probably going to be a microcosm for this episode uh, because there's it's it's going to it could be chaos could be chaos this week but what i was trying to say was thank you for joining us it's popcorn for breakfast it's what's popping monday night if you're with us on the stream we are so glad to have you that means that you are potentially choosing us over the emmys you're potentially choosing us over monday night football and if that's the case we love you um more likely is that you're multitasking which we encourage multitasking is good i am rarely and I kind of hate myself for this, but I am rarely watching one thing at a time. Kirk, are what? you, are you, when you're watching something, are you fully devoted to that thing? Like, of course, well, if think- we're reviewing something for the podcast, you are, you, you are, I know that. But if we're, right. if you're just watching like a show, are you fully in there the whole time? I think we are about to discuss the level of IQs that we have here, mm. and uh, I can never, absolutely never, focus on two things at once. Like no, I, I can't, but I do. Like I, I can't okay. focus, but I do. I do multitask, and I do hate it um, because I feel like I'm never fully taking in both things. You know, mm. um, yeah. But podcasting I think is different when I'm listening to a podcast I do feel like I can fully focus on both things at the same time but I can't I mean I feel like it's totally impossible to watch two things at the same time like I I, I don't know it just I don't know I mean you do it quite often so I think you can you can actually (laughs) absorb that I cannot like like I can drive I drove a total of 16 hours this past weekend and I listened to podcasts the entire way there and the entire way back and I didn't crash but nice like a soccer game, a football game, a basketball game. Like I imagine you sometimes will put on and a kid show. <laughs> I think, I think you can do it. And I think you could tell me the stats of every single player for that game <laughs> without hesitation. No, you're giving me too much credit, but I, I, if, if, uh, if you are able to do it, I respect you. I know, I know some people who are wicked multitaskers and I think that's really impressive. And I know people who watch things at the same time and are able to gather it. So hopefully you're watching this live stream right now. We are glad to have you. The reality is nobody needs to be watching the Emmys anyway. This is my take. I think award shows suck. I think like I used to love them, but I feel like the quality, I feel like I've talked about this before, but the quality of award shows is like getting way worse. And with the internet being what it is, like my phone is sitting here. I'm getting all the Emmys updates right here as we speak. Like I can see them rolling in and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah you know, and then I can read the article afterwards tonight as I'm in bed. And I have got just exactly the same amount of information as everybody else 
without losing my entire night to it. So I'm just like, until they can figure out a way to fix the award show model and make them awesome again, uh, I'm out. I'm out, I think. Right, because I think when Twitter came about, Twitter was supposed to make events interactive. And Mm, now, because we're just bombarded with information, we just have it. So why even try to watch it if we're already seeing it come to our phone, right? Like, I mean, do you remember everything had a hashtag, a specific hashtag, and they still do, but (laughs) it was monumental that it was like Emmys 2022 back in 2014 or whatever it may be. So yeah, it's lost that interactiveness to, to a whole degree, unfortunately. I think too, like streaming has changed everything, obviously in terms of options for watching things like, yeah, when Twitter was new and streaming wasn't fully scaled to where it is now, there weren't that many options. So like the idea of watching an award show and tweeting along with people about it was cool. And there are times where that still happens. Um, but I just feel like overall award shows aren't as fun as they used to be. And I don't know why that is, but because of that, I tend to not watch them. And for me, like I'm perfectly content, even though I love television and I care about who wins, I'm perfectly content not watching it right now and reading about it later. And it will all just be fine. Like I'm cool with it. Right. And I'm the sick human being who I will watch all of the updates and then I will go back and I will watch that entire show painstakingly for whatever reason. Call it nostalgia. Call it. You like the pageantry. You do. I I, I think you do. That's a good way. Yeah. I think I think you're into it's because of your showmanship, your background. You just love the pageantry of it all. And I can respect that. I, I like I mean, I totally get where the people come from who are all in on the red carpet, all in on all the little gimmicks and things that they do throughout the show and the little bits and everything. Like I, 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 I can see that that's not for me, but I can see why people would be into it. But thank you for giving me that word because I've always tried to articulate it, uh, to my wife, your sister. And she's like, just fast forward. This part is boring. I was like, but they might do something. <laughs> they, yeah. Who knows? This is part of the show. You got to take it all in for better or worse. Yeah. I can, and I'm I can see that. the worst audience member now. I understand. <laughs> No, it's all right. It's all right to each their own. But all of that is to say, thank you for being here with us. We will talk about the Emmys at a later date, I'm sure. And tonight, we had all kinds of things we kicked around talking about. But the big news over the weekend was undoubtedly D23, the D23 Expo, which for those of you who are not privy to it, uh, D23 is the official Disney fan club. And Now that Disney is what it is, this is quite the event. Um, They have turned this into really a full-scale television, film, media, entertainment um, convention with all of the news breaking and all the sorts of things that you're used to seeing at Comic-Con and and, and the like, uh, CinemaCon. You get the same level of information and news from D23. And because it's Disney and they now own Fox and they now own Lucasfilm and Marvel Studios and all of these things... Um, it's like 70% of what will be released in the next few years of note. So it is a huge event. And so what I thought we could do tonight, Kirk, is try our best to go through all of it. We will certainly fail, almost certainly, because there's so much of it. Something will get missed, whatever. But just try and just react to it. We got lots of new trailers. We got lots of new title treatments and you know all the fancy stuff they roll out posters etc casting news new projects etc but i think we should just dive into all of it what do you think kirk 
let's dive right in. Like it's a big bowl or pool of popcorn. Mm. Mm-hmm. A pool. I think a you pool is, is a good is a good call. I think that when we're like Mr. Beast status yes. yeah, online, can we fill a pool full of popcorn? We can. And jump in it. Do you think the density <laughs> will just immediately crush straight through? Or do you think there'll be some sort of engineering of support? I think it'd be horrific. I, I, I like, I hate having popcorn butter movie theater, popcorn butter on my fingers. And so imagining diving headfirst into that is like a nightmare scenario for me, but the crunching sound that it would make potentially, let's say if somebody does a cannonball would be magnificent. I mean, I think it would be an all time crunch. I'm calling it now. If we get enough sponsors to one day fill a pool full of popcorn, <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. I will well, jump yeah. in that pool. <laughs> yeah, I think it should be you for sure because I'm I'm already out based on butter alone. Can't do it. But I would like to be poured in butter before I jump in. Yeah, and also have butter just on the popcorn. Slicked up. You just yeah. go right to the bottom of it and slide across the bottom. You probably pop out the other side like a seal, like a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why is Kirk in a wheelchair now? It would be quite a sight. And, you know, there is a popcorn shortage going on right now. That is a real thing. I did not make that up. I'm I'm not joking. It is true. So we'll have to wait for that to blow over, if such a thing can blow over. I don't know the logistics of it before we attempt this, but we got some time. We'll, we'll plan it out. We'll make it happen. So Love let's it. jump into the figurative pool of popcorn now, and let's pop it up uh, with D23 Expo Recap. All right, and so here's how we're going to do this because Disney did two days, basically, of entertainment panels. Really three if you consider the parks and entertainment portion, which we're not going to get into the parks because we're a movie and TV podcast, not a theme parks thing. Even though Kirk and I could probably talk about the theme parks portion for quite a while, uh, we won't do that. We're just going to talk about the movie and TV, which they basically broke up into a series of panels, one of which was a two-hour Disney and Pixar panel that took place on Friday uh, September 9th and the others which was a hour long panel on Lucasfilm and an hour long panel on Marvel that took place on Saturday so we're going to kind of go through them in order are you ready Kirk? I'm ready okay so the first thing that came up and I don't know where you stand on this Kirk so I'll be kind of interested to find out um, the big thing that's coming out really soon September 30th on Disney Plus this one snuck up on me is Hocus Pocus 2 and this, this movie, the original Hocus Pocus from 1993 with Bette Midler and the whole gang, uh, the Sanderson sisters, this is a cult classic that absolutely, like the people who are into it are all the way in it. They like love it and have been clamoring for this. We finally get a look at this thing in a trailer. And really what we're looking at here, Kirk, and I am not one of these people. I'm not a Hocus Pocus hive person. I have seen it, but I'm not like, all about it really what i see when i see this is like this is somewhat the same plot as what happened in the first one kirk where where do you stand on this 
I am just so thrilled to see these characters return. I'm thrilled to see the younger version of the Sanderson sisters. I think that's going to be incredible. The actresses that they picked uh, and the way they did all of their makeup and hair, incredible. It does appear to be the exact same storyline. <laughs> and what else would you want, though? Like, yes. If you went and tried to reinvent this movie, people would hate Disney forever. I'm not someone so much as like, I must watch Hocus Pocus every Halloween. I'm not that person, but I really do love the original. I mean, I'm someone who is absolutely in love with love. And so uh, like even uh, the the boy, I forget his name, um, not Zachary Binks, because Zachary Binks Max? is the cat, right? Max, thank you yeah. very much. As Max falls in love with the girl. <laughs> she, nah, I can't uh, help you on that one. I'm uh, that's the limit of my hocus pocus <laughs> knowledge right there. Their, their relationship, I was like, if there is a love story, I'm in, and I love how how perfect that plays out. Um, I love all, all the tropes of this movie. I'm I'm all in on hocus pocus too. I think it's going to be a good time. Now, in this thing, like they're doing with a lot of the stuff now, they are releasing it only on Disney Plus. Does that make you how does that make you feel? Are you are you feeling pause with that? Are you feeling at peace with it? What's your take? That's a great great question. I don't remember Hocus Pocus ever going to theaters when it oh, first came out. You might be I, right. I, mean, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. This could have been a straight to DVD. No, I'm sorry, straight to VHS film. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> hold on now. <laughs> Um, I don't I don't believe it was a, a DCOM, but again I I don't remember that was? far back the Disney Channel a thing in 1993? Probably not, right? Like, cable wasn't huge yet, I feel like. Not yet. Not yet. It was warming up. It had to be warming up. Um, because I think that, like, the Boy Meets World episodes, uh, well, but they weren't on Disney yet, yet. So it's very confusing that, that time when things were just kind of coming out in weird, different ways, and somehow people, as a whole, without the internet, latched onto them and then they figured out how the money flowed like what was popular just right. by money not by the internet first and then the actual stats on money it's crazy it's absolutely crazy so you're in on hocus pocus too i'm in on hocus pocus too for All sure right. i love it that's what i like to hear because i know not being one of the the hocus pocus hive which is a term that i just i just created just now it's yeah. probably it's not even catchy I, but that's what i'm going to refer to it as hph yeah <laughs> it's I, I just, I, I'm curious because I know the people who are into it are all the way in. And so I'm always like, I want to thermometer check those people to be like, are you, how, how are we feeling? And it seems like the general consensus has been good on the, on the interwebs, but I'm glad to hear that you're in that boat too. Let's move on to the other legacy sequel. Um, this one certainly doesn't date all the way back to 1993. The original of this film came out in the early 2000s. And that is Enchanted, and this is the sequel, Disenchanted, uh, which we've been hearing about really since, I guess, D23 last year, I think, is whenever they announced this project. But now we're finally getting a trailer. I was surprised to learn that this film comes out this year, November 24th, on Disney+. And it returns, of course, many amazing cast members. I think everybody, of course, expects Amy Adams as Giselle, leading character, and Patrick Dempsey you know, now being married, they, they had their happily ever after. I think everybody knew that. But we're also, as you see in the trailer, getting the return of James Marsden and Adina Menzel, um, who are characters from the world that Giselle comes from. Uh, they're reprising their roles. 
But rather than Susan Sarandon as the antagonist in this movie, this trailer introduces Maya, Maya Rudolph, the incomparable Maya Rudolph, I should say, yes. as our new antagonist as Giselle is trying to figure out suburban life as a mother of two. Um, it, it appears things go awry as one would expect, but Kirk, what are your first thoughts here on Disenchanted? I mean, we've been waiting for this the moment that the first film rolled credits. True. <laughs> Amy Adams' uh, take on this. I mean, you couldn't have had a more perfect example of princess come to live action. <laughs> it's so perfect. I love this because it seems as if this wishing wand that she's holding uh, in all of her uh, overwhelming feelings as as like you said this this mother of two in this city they've moved they've they've got lots of responsibilities and all of a sudden like she seems like she's losing her grip on reality because of this wish like look she's pushed her daughter into a well in this trailer <laughs> like it's it's crazy so I'm really interested to see how the bubbly princess turns into uh, a wicked character and what kind of like how like how does she fight it how does she try to maintain who she is um and james marsden has a great voice let's hear him sing yeah i like this idea too of like kind of demystifying de-glorifying the happily ever after and like making mm -hmm. it more about what it's like to be a parent with kids and how that has difficulties all its own and how it's hard to, it can be hard to find yourself as a parent i feel like there's a lot that's really relatable here and it will probably connect really well to the people who were the target audience of this original film now that we have all you know because i was i feel like i was in prime age maybe a little bit young when this movie came out but i saw it loved it um so i feel like most of those people are growing up they're starting their lives uh some of them are settling down having kids things like that so this feels like a, an area where it can really click but i i feel overwhelmingly positive about this trailer um, and so despite the Disney plus only streaming on Disney plus, uh, status that's been given to it, which I, you know, have kind of seen as like not a great thing in my mind. I, I view it the same as like straight to DVD. Um, maybe that's just my own problem. Despite that, I do feel like this one looks, looks good. I'm excited for it. Mm -hmm. All right, moving on. That one comes out November 24th. Like I said, so that is coming up. That's right in the Thanksgiving window there so be ready for that one next up the haunted mansion don't really have much new on the haunted mansion other than the people who were at the event at d23 got to see exclusive footage from the haunted mansion starring owen wilson lakeith stanfield rosario dawson and featuring cameos apparently in the footage from winona Ryder, jared leto and dan levy um one can only speculate as to which characters they may be appearing as and they also unveiled that the queen of horror herself this jamie lee curtis will be playing the coveted role of madame leota which is the floating fortune teller head for those of you who are familiar with the ride um what are you <laughs> what's your reaction to all of that kirk i, I mean for, for me from day one the the lead roles of rosario dawson owen wilson lakeith stanfield i mean that's just that makes me excited all on its own, even though I think the ride adaptation films have been a bit of a letdown to date. But hearing all of this coupled with that info, Kirk, how are you feeling about the Haunted Mansion? I love the leads. Very worried about every single one of the cameos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it I will mean, be interesting. I 
I really dislike Jared Leto as an actor, and I'm more concerned about Jamie Lee Curtis taking on the role of of the of the big shoes, right? Yeah. She's the crystal ball, the head in there, right? Like that that shouldn't happen. That should still be her. I the OG lady. I, yeah. So I don't feel like that's a very natural fit for Madame no. Leota. Whenever I think of that character, and I think of what we know about that character from the ride. It's just like, that is not the Jamie Lee Curtis vibe. So I was very struck by that. Um, and also whenever, whenever there are like call outs for big cameos, I always view that as a red flag. That feels, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that feels like more of like a Muppets kind of move, right? Yes. Which is fine. Yes. I love the Muppets, but I don't want this movie to be the Muppets or anything resembling that. So the fact that they're like, featuring cameos from is very concerning to me overall. However, you bring up a great point. If the Haunted Mansion was a full-on Muppets movie, I think that'd be pretty good. They made honestly. that. They, they made that. They they made Kirk. They made the Muppets Haunted Mansion and oh. released it on Disney Plus last year. And it was basically, maybe that's why I'm envisioning it. Okay, gotcha. Like, they had cameos that were all big call-outs like Will Arnett and you know, a bunch of other people that you would sort of expect to appear in such a thing. And they did it and it was fine and it was very Muppety and everything was good. But that's like, that should not be the bar for this, in my opinion. <laughs> so I, I like the creative idea. Didn't know it had been done. Now I got to go watch it. But this should not happen. <laughs> can they can this? Can Warner Brothers just step in and just like, no, delete. David Zasloff shows up with like a giant, uh, like one of those uh, Sandman hooks from the Apollo theater and just yanks it off the release yes. schedule. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like there are as many green flags as red flags on this one. And the red flags feel scary to me in general. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. A couple of other quick hitters on sort of like the, Disney live action front before we get into the big Disney live action news, because there was one that dominated everything that we're going to get to. Um, the Peter Pan and Wendy movie got a trailer shown exclusively to D 23. And so the reason I call that out is that means that we're probably going to get a trailer soon. This film is called Peter Pan and Wendy. The aesthetic looks very similar to from the poster many of the live action adaptations of Peter Pan that we've gotten in the past, nothing really ground breaking there. Um, but that movie will release in 2023 on Disney plus. So not getting a theatrical for that one. Um, this next one is really interesting. It's this lion King prequel that we've been hearing all about from Barry Jenkins, um, who is of course an incredible director with an incredible resume. Um, but after John Favreau's The Lion King came out and it was within the same traditional pattern of like Disney live action remake, I think most people were surprised to hear that they were rolling out a prequel <laughs> to the live action remake, especially considering a prequel really hasn't been done on The Lion King. But it's finally got a title. The title is Mufasa The Lion King. So Mufasa colon The Lion King. And the film is basically told in two different time frames. The sort of like present-ish day that we got to know in the Lion King movie, complete with Timon and Pumbaa, you know, Billy Eichner, Seth Rogen, telling sort of the story of Mufasa's come to glory. 
and then the past where Mufasa is actually younger, moving up through the ranks, etc. The film's getting a theatrical release. It's not released until 2024. But hearing all of that, Kirk, where's your head at on Mufasa the Lion King? I think that it should have just been called Mufasa, first of all. I believe it's called Mufasa the Lion King, strictly for SEO across uh, (laughs) different, whenever you're going to purchase it, right? Like kids are going to be like, the Lion King movie, but they really mean Mufasa, right? right? Like at, at that certain time when it releases. So that bothers me because I think it should have its own staying power as just Mufasa. Like who who goes around and says, oh, you know, the character Mufasa. And does anyone else on the planet Earth say, oh, Mufasa, what's that character from? No. No. <laughs> like it does not need the Lion King in there at all. You're it, it would have been beautiful without it. Uh second, I do love that it's a prequel. I really, really do. I want Mufasa as a teenager, and I want Mufasa as just before he gets married and uh, has his children right like that's that's exactly what i want out of this movie so i'm really excited with the timelines yeah i'll admit i'm more excited about this than i was when i originally heard it at first i was like oh my gosh i mean you know this i was not a huge fan of the live action lion king because i viewed it as a shot for shot remake that was not necessary my whole view on that movie was based on the fact that i viewed it as unnecessary given that we have the original That being said, if this prequel does well, it gives a reason for the original that would immediately boost its status in my eyes. And also, I love the idea, first of all, of Barry Jenkins, Academy Award caliber and and winning director, uh, I believe. I believe he's won. I know he's been nominated, so apologies there. But Barry Jenkins is incredible. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of Mufasa, who's sort of the most immortal, stoic, perfect, king-like character we've ever gotten, kind of like getting his lumps and going through his process. I like the idea of kind of deconstructing that character and showing how he became this immaculate leader that is really all we know him as, somebody who does not make mistakes, gives out sage wisdom, and guides his family and his kingdom through tough times. Like, that is really interesting to me. I would love to find out why that character is who he is. And so, yeah, I like, I'm, I'm more into this than I was when I first heard about it. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, best adapted screenplay. So, and you know, what's, what's just so great about this in Mufasa. I mean, we're going to probably get to see two things. First of all, Mufasa's dad yeah, or right. lack thereof. Like was, did he have a dad? Was he a good dad? Was he a bad dad? Was he present? Was he just on the run? Who knows? Right. That shaped Mufasa. And then B, if he did have a dad, we'll probably see Scar kill that dad secretly, which like, just kind of like, cause he's an evil, evil genius. Right. So Scar and Mufasa's relationship growing up, we're going to see during yes. this. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah, did Mufasa, you know, is Mufasa somewhat responsible for the monster that Scar became? Like, that is something that would be very interesting. Because I think Scar, to me, is undoubtedly the best Disney villain. Like, like debate a wall. I will always say that that Scar is the best. He's the top of the mountain in terms of Disney villains. And there are lots of good ones. But I think that he is the best. So, yeah, to your point, when you get Mufasa origin, you almost certainly get more scar origin story too and i feel like that there's a lot of story to be told there 
And are we going to get like a baby Rafiki or has he always been a hundred years old? Like, I, I mean, the, yeah, he's like an elf. <laughs> he just lives forever. You find, yeah, I, I would be ashamed though. Baby Rafiki, baby Rafiki has potential to be absolutely adorable. Like adorable Grogu levels of, of cute. So I'm not opposed yeah. to that. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually, I'm teetering towards in on the Mufasa prequel now which is not a place i expected prior to d23 so um that's exciting to me okay the other ones and and there are some quick hitters here snow white nothing really new there both rachel zegler and gal gadot co-stars of the film appeared at d23 they sort of described it as a modernization of snow white which i think we all saw coming we know that they're moving away from the seven dwarfs it as we know them and we know that there are some sort of modernized things that are, I guess, needed on the Snow White front in terms of like, I don't know, Snow White as a character doesn't really have any sort of anything to her substance, I guess, you know, it's just kind of yeah. like, she's very kind and she takes care of people and she's very innocent. But beyond that, there's no like, that character doesn't have a lot of depth. So I think that's kind of what they mean by modernizing. And, and Rachel Zegler is certainly somebody who has a very deep well of tools as an, as an actor, as we have already seen in her young career. So she seems like the right person to kind of delve into that. But other than that, nothing really new from Snow White. Yeah, they're going to give Snow White like a wit pro uh, status. <laughs> like she is running from a mobster that she yeah. saw kill. <laughs> someone else right and then they're going to come back to haunt her uh and try to kill her they've discovered where she is i think that's part of what this is going to play into to give us a little bit of grit to yes Snow White. i like it i like all that kirk i think you're on the right track there and then that's finally right. the big showstopper the thing that they really sort of closed the show with in terms of disney live action content was of course the little mermaid and i will uh throw the trailer up on the screen now but really what we've got here with The Little Mermaid is a very different look in terms of when you adapt things that are underwater to live action, as we're kind of seeing here, the photoreal imagery is, I think, a bit jarring, even though people probably should remember that the original Little Mermaid is pretty dark at the beginning when they're underwater you know like the colors are not as poppin as people think of when they think of like the under the sea scene the rest of it is all kind of like dark and murky like it would be at the bottom of the ocean but i will still say that in this trailer that feels a little bit like ooh, this is different but of course the teaser mostly shows the part of your world sequence which is the thing that everybody's like ooh, part of your world and stars Halle bailey as the little mermaid um but the big reveal i think beyond this teaser, which doesn't show a ton other than a quick look at Ariel and a quick little snippet of the song, Part of Your World. The big reveal was that this film will have four new original songs. Four, which is a big difference from what they've done with most of the Disney live action remakes, in which cases, in most cases, the songs are kind of stripped out. But all of those songs will be written by Lin-Manuel Miranda and Alan Menken. And this film comes out in May of next year. Kirk, how are you feeling about what you saw in the teaser as well as the reveal that we will be getting four new original songs added to a Disney classic? Yeah, expect some raps uh, from from Lin Manuel. Obviously, that's got to happen. I'm I'm expecting Sebastian to like throw down some bars. Well, isn't it Davi Diggs? 
who plays Sebastian. Oh, so I'm like 90% sure it is. So, I mean, (laughs) it almost has to, right? Yeah, I think between him and the chef, I think there should be like a battle, like a rap battle between the two of them (laughs) near the end. Uh, I think, you know, I'm not I'm not sold on the aesthetic. I agree with you. It's absolutely darker than people remember because it is the bottom of the ocean. The sun can't physics like physics, guys. It cannot get all the way down there and light it up like a ballroom. So there's something I don't know. It's not it's not too dark for me but it's not the right color. There's too much of one color and I can't figure out what color that is in the hue of things, but it's bothering me. I don't know if it's green. I don't know if there's undertones of purple. It is very green. It is very green looking to me, Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a full, uh, a full rounded opinion. I'm not dissing this yet because uh, Haley Berry's voice is quite remarkable and capturing immediately, right? So I don't know how I feel about this yet. There I go. I'm I'm in on the cast. I like I have liked almost all of the casting announcements. I think the only ones that get like that gave me pause were like I think Javier Bardem as King Triton was the one where I was like, huh. that's interesting. Just like I can't envision him as that like father I, I don't know the just king triton and javier bardem don't gel to me in my mind in, in terms of a personality mesh even though i think javier bardem's an awesome actor and like jacob tremblay as flounder i am starting to see now though originally i was like that feels like couch casting that feels like fan casting but same with melissa mccarthy like both of those feel like couch casting but right um i think they're actually good even though like anybody could have come up with those castings but I think it's going to be hard to make a movie about, you know, with real people underwater, deep underwater, because I, at first I was like, why don't they take the avatar approach with this? Whereas like in the, the, the trailers for the way of water, anytime the characters are underwater, it looks awesome, vibrant, beautiful, colorful, you know, it, it looks insanely good. And this doesn't have that look. But I get that they are farther underwater, so physics, reality, science do apply, and so it would be darker, murkier in general. But I think it's going to be, I don't know, I'm not sure that they've nailed how to do it, and I don't know that there is a way to nail it in a live action, like make a live action mermaid movie is essentially what they're doing um, if you strip it all away, and that is a tough ask. That's, That's going to be hard to do no matter what you're trying to do, especially if you're remaking a film that people are really familiar with and have visions in their head about what it looks like. So, um, yeah, it's, I need to see more. I need to see more, but I agree with you, Kirk, that like the color grading or the, the general aesthetic of it just looks a little bit off kilter. And they right. need to and they of, have time. They do, they yeah, they absolutely. That they can play with, adjust until it's just right. Like that's just just as CGI as the color grading. So much time to move knobs and levers. So I guess my question is like, from a lighting perspective, from a design, special effects, etc. Is there a way to get it right? Is there a way to balance it, or is it just too ambitious? That's that's where I'm kind of at right now. Okay, yeah, I think they could do it. I. We don't have enough here. We do not have enough. Yeah. They're, I mean, they've thrown the fishing line. 
Wow. And they're trying to get us now. A full-blown Foley artist over there, Kirk. <laughs> that's my party trick. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what they've done right now. They've they've caught us. They're like, look, you know this song. She sings it perfectly. Yes. Here is the giant tower of, of thingamabobs and whatchamacallits and good luck trying not to hate this trailer. It's impossible to hate it. There's nothing yeah, it's, too it's a really good it, teaser. It's right? a really good teaser for sure. But we so. need the rest of the the world. We, we barely get the back of Flounder coming in behind her. Yep. We need to see the other characters come to life here to really get a full feel of this. Yep, absolutely. All right, that's The Little Mermaid. And that's really it for the Disney live actions. On the animated front, and we'll kind of go quickly through this, um, the only big reveal was a new animated film coming from Disney next year. It's going to be the next animated original film from Disney Animation Studios following this year's November release of Strange World. Um, is that what it's called? Strange, yeah. Strange, Stranger Things. I always I want to call it like Stranger Strange Things. New World or like Strange Planet because I always think of like Treasure Planet. And yeah. then I also think of Strange New World. And so it's just like in my brain. I think it's called Strange World. Um, but the next film that they're going to release is going to be called Wish. And this is an interesting one for a lot of reasons. First of all, this movie is being released sort of as a celebration of the studio's 100th anniversary. So the film itself is a celebration of that anniversary, which is interesting. And also the premise was described as providing an answer to the question, how did the star that any number of characters has wished upon come to be? How was it created? How does it have its powers, etc., etc.? Is sort of the, the the story that they're trying to tell here, which I think is a difficult concept to sort of wrap your head around in terms of like what does that really mean, and and do they literally mean that this is the star that other characters have wished on? It's that's the question I have. But they're bringing up a ton of firepower for this movie. Newly minted Oscar winner Ariana DeBose will be playing Asha, who is the uh, female protagonist, the heroine of the film. And all of the film, uh, all the film's music will be written by Julia Michaels, who is obviously wildly popular as a singer-songwriter. And the film is releasing November 23rd. Of course, it goes without saying that Alan Tudyk is in the movie. I believe he's playing a, go a goat. So it's like... That's like news, but it's not news. Of course, he's in the film. Um, but knowing all of that and kind of hearing that, the casting, the songwriting, the whole premise, Kirk, what are your thoughts on Wish? The poster looks pretty cool. I like the route that they're going with that look. But I'm with you. The premise seems... A little, a little too loose. Even though the first time I heard it, I, admittedly, I was like, that's cool. It's about the star. But as I've thought about it longer, and that's probably the problem. Don't think about it. Don't think about magic. It just is, right? Uh, the more I think about it, though, I'm trying to rationalize. Well, did she help create the star? Did she break up a moon that then became a star? Like, what's this? What's this Asha? How she? Did she make the, the like, what is it that? will that makes it magical or is the story just that magic just is it's just all surrounding right so yeah 
I can't think too much about it because I could talk this into the ground a hundred different ways. It can break your brain. Yeah. Yeah. It's that that's my main thing. It's like, what does this concept really mean? What 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 does that actually mean whenever they say that? Like, is that just like theoretical or is that literally the premise? Uh, that's that's where I'm kind of at. But here's here's a quick snippet of somebody took a screenshot at the event um, of Piracy. Piracy. <laughs> of Ariana DeBose's Asha with her goat Disney sidekick, as they always have, um, who's played by Alan Tudyk. So there you go. That's Disney's wish. All right. Let's move over to the other animated studio on the Disney side, and that's Pixar. Really here, just a couple of things, but I feel like they are big things. Um, first is that Pixar has a couple of new movies in the hopper. One we've talked about on this podcast already, and that is Elemental, which is the movie that they just kind of like randomly were like, oh yeah, this is coming. It's, it's called Elemental. We got a title card for it, etc. Um, there have been some plot details released about that movie, which is that it is about a fire girl and a water boy who are in love. And it's sort of a, uh, oh, what's that movie called? I think it's like a Nicholas Sparks movie. Like they can't touch um, the six s- feet apart. No, it's like, oh, man, the, all the Nicholas Sparks people are going to kill me. Uh, this is. <laughs> Like I'll find it. I'll the find stars. It. Pause <laughs> the, the live. Pause the I, I live. Can't. That's the beauty of live, Kirk. But it's like uh, I don't know. Sky full of stars. The stars between something. Uh, uh, best of me. Uh, the no. choice. Sophie's choice. The longest ride. Every breath. Uh, <laughs> Help us, chat. Help us, please. Um, Someone. Um, anyway, <laughs> that one. I have nothing. Where it's like I have, I have nothing. <laughs> It's like the two people that um, cannot cannot touch each other because they have like an illness. This is the similar thing where it's just like they're different. They're different. Fault in our stars. Did he write yes, that? the fault in our stars. I don't think he wrote okay. that, but it's it's like similar. The fault in our stars. It's that one. Um, so here are the two characters whose names are Ember. Yeah, I'm gonna let you guess which one is which. Ember and Wayne. Ember hmm. played by Leah Lewis and Wayne played by Mamadou Ache. Um, so not really much here. I think whenever I talked about it earlier, this feels like um, Inside Out and Soul and like Zootopia, which is Disney Animation Studios. It feels like all of those things kind of like together in one mishmash. What are your thoughts on this, Kirk? I'm just... So bummed. Like she gets like this incredible name that's you know uh, of of her uh, of her whole being, and he, he just gets Wayne. He's Wayne with the same letter as water. <laughs> it's but it's like it's spelled like W. It's it's W A I N. It's not like W A Y N E. I just I just why is it so Ember not and as Wayne. Great? It's so, it's so not as cool. Yeah, it's not as cool. Not <laughs> I don't know cool. why that makes me giggle so much. I mean, they look great. The aesthetic looks great. It looks familiar enough. Yes. Uh, I hope we get a little bit more unique as we open up the trailers uh, because really just blow our minds with the new world that you've created. I mean, are they in, uh, yeah, are they in Inside Out? Are they in Zootopia? Are they 
it looks like they're in front of the ocean background of Finding Nemo with all the, it doesn't look so much like a jungle behind them. It looks more like a reef, right? So uh, yeah, we need more. We definitely need more here, but I love their names <laughs> so much. <laughs> it's a classic. It's a classic. But yeah, I don't think there was anything here that was like new or mind blowing with regard to that project. I know that it comes out next year. So keep an eye out for that. Um, the next big story was that Pixar is going to be releasing its first ever original series in the near future. The series is titled Win or Lose and the only cast member that has been announced is uh, the incomparable Will Forte as Coach Dan, who is the coach of a co-ed kids softball team. And the premise for the series is that it is each episode of the series is about a different player from the team as they sort of go th- experience the same week. Um, and each one is done in a different art style and kind of caters to that character's um, life and perspective and being, etc. which sounds pretty cool. It sounds like the Pixar non-murder mystery version of that Apple TV Plus series, The After Party um, by Chris, Chris yeah. Miller and Phil Lord. Um, yeah. But it, it look it looks and sounds cool and premise to me. What do you think? I mean, hundred <laughs> percent. One of the most underrated comedians in the history of time is Will Forte. Hilarious like, guy. If you've ever watched any SNL from his high, the, the, just his heyday, he kills it every single time. The skit may fail, but he always succeeds. So I'm in on anything with Will Forte. So thank you for casting him. Whoever was the casting director. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Kirk. Like, anything that he's in, I'm like, sign me up. I am all about uh. it. Let's go. Um, the next thing that was announced was Disney and Pixar's next original feature film, which is titled Elio. Elio. And the story of this movie is that it's an 11-year-old child who is, you know, like all Pixar characters, sort of a fish out of water, doesn't really fit in. Um, he becomes the first human to encounter alien life forms and is confused as like a sort of ambassador for earth. So he finds himself in a situation to where, and I actually don't know that it's a boy, um, but based on the name, I I don't know if it's a boy, but they say 11 year old child. Um, But basically this person finds themselves in the, in the role of like being the de facto ambassador for earth to aliens as the first human that the aliens have ever met, which is an interesting concept. I don't know if if he is like abducted or ends up stepping into a wormhole or, or what happens, but that is the general premise. And the only casting that has been announced is Elio's mom will be played by America Ferreira, which is like, that gives us no hints as to anything. Um, no. <laughs> but aliens seem to be very in vogue right now. Kirk, wouldn't you say? I would agree. I would absolutely agree with that. This looks um, like we have no information. We have no information on this whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of character design, which I don't have the images ready because, um, again, it's like it's it's hard to know what to even think about this movie. But there you have it. That'll be the next Pixar following um, Elemental, which releases next year. Okay, and then yes. following that, not an original Pixar, but a Pixar sequel, which these are few and far between. And when they come up, they're always big news. Think Monsters U, think Incredibles 2. This time they're revisiting Inside Out. 
an Inside Out sequel is on the way that they're just calling Whoa. basically Inside Out 2 at the moment. And rather than what I thought was what what I thought might be the plot of an Inside Out sequel uh, being like a new person with different type of personality and characters inside their head. I kind of thought that's the route they were going to go. They're actually going to stick with Riley and follow Riley into her um, teenage years and the emotions and experiences and things like that, that go with it. Uh, Amy Poehler will be reprising her role as joy. And the only other things we know about casting is that Bill Hader who played fear and Mindy Kaling who played disgust will not be returning for this film. So whether that means those characters are gone, if they've changed into different personalities, whatever, um, I don't know, but that's what we know about inside out Two so far. Well, I'm, I'm a little worried about this one. I'll be honest with you because I thought inside out was so perfectly rounded while you absolutely could do this where you continue her feelings as she continues to grow and she can learn something new about them, right? And how they transpire and how uncontrollable they are and 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 just feel what you feel, right? But I feel worried that this one won't be as impactful because one of the biggest left hooks out of a Pixar movie came from Inside Out, the OG. So I'm, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried for this one. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little bit surprised that they are going to go back to the world of, like, coming of age um, teenage preteen girl after Turning Red was such a yeah. caused such a stir. And, and since they've done that recently, um, not that Turning Red caused a stir for the right reasons. I feel like a lot of people judged a book by a cover on that one. Certainly it's meant for older kids, but it but for those older kids it's not inappropriate and it's appropriate within the confines of its PG rating. Um, right. so that is what it is, but I am a little bit surprised that they are going to go that route. And yeah, I agree with you. I think that there are there's room for error here, right? Like it feels like this is not a automatic slam dunk. This feels like this could be um potentially a mistake but it's it's too early to tell but i agree i like inside out is one of my favorite pixar movies i think it's wildly underrated i think it's one that just the score the design the concept it's one of the most brilliant films that they've had really well cast really well written smart sharp um so yeah i think trying to catch lightning twice there will be will be an interesting challenge, especially with the same sort of cast of characters and the same person um, whose head they are within. Like that will be, that will be an interesting challenge. Right. Before we move on, Cam, I just want to let you know, I did find some artwork for Elio. It was very difficult, but I was able to surface it very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a joke. It <laughs> seems a joke like a all. joke, Kirk. It seems <laughs> no, not, like a bit. I, uh, I found oh. this artwork. Someone left it on my desk. It's just, here's Elio right here. Yeah. He says, hi, I'm Elio. And there's an alien up this way. Uh, yes. Looks like my, maybe some artwork similar to Rocco's Modern Life. And, uh, hi, I'm America Ferreira. She's playing herself, actually. She doesn't oh, have yeah. any actual character name. We're just excited to bring her in here. And, of course, Earth. That's so, where you're wrong, Kirk. Her character's name is Olga, and I left that trap for you to walk oh, right into. No. And I just I just unveiled 
your whole scheme. You have found that I have counterfeited <laughs> this Elio art. I would have live. never guessed it otherwise. But On the internet, how could you believe that this <laughs> was piracy and, and fake now and forfeit? I am moving you into a tiny little camera window so that we can stop giving credence to your fake drawings. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Moving on to Star Wars. Just wait till I find the Andor original <laughs> art. Coming right up. I better move quickly. Okay. Let's talk Star Wars, and then we'll talk Marvel. This is going to be a long episode, but I think it will be worth it to talk about all of these things. And if not, whatever. You know, it just is what it is. I've, uh, it's We're already here. There's no turning back now. You um, can't do anything because we've got the microphone. <laughs> we've already decided that this is what's happening. You're in our world. Okay. Andor. Not much more to say about Andor, really, other than it's getting a season two. And it's in it's in it's in early production, and there are so many news stories that fly from the Disney World. I I don't know if we knew that season two was coming, but it is. If we didn't, and it's going to start production soon. And here's another thing I didn't know: this season of Andor that comes out on November, on September 21st, which is like what two weeks. Um, it is 12 episodes long, and season two will also be 12 episodes on long. So we're breaking the mold of the six-episode, one-season miniseries thing that's been happening in Star Wars a little bit recently. We're going yeah. to, and Marvel, we're, this one's going to be 12 episodes, season one and season two, and, and Diego Luna is calling it a 12-episode movie. That's what he's calling it. How are we feeling about Andor two weeks out, Kirk? I mean, that is high praise to already have two seasons True. locked in. Like, it's happening. We can't do anything about it, um, for better or for worse. I I can't imagine that Disney would put that kind of praise on something without knowing it's an absolute lock to blow people's minds. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm going to trust that it's that good <laughs> and uh, and really a- express that, thank goodness, we have a little bit more time with these characters. Not always a good thing. Not always a good thing. Sometimes yeah. we get longer series, limited series or regular series that are longer. You're like, man, they could have absolutely made this six episodes. So I'm very optimistic about this. Uh, big fan of Rogue One. Big fan of Diego. Yes. So let's let's do this he's been waiting a long time a long time i agree i don't have like bulletproof confidence in in lucasfilm these days or 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 star wars even though i think that john favreau and and uh kathleen kennedy and dave filoni that trio has partnered on some really good television so far uh so i do i do trust them to put out a good show but not everything that they do is is perfect and so um We'll see, but I have the utmost faith in Diego Luna, and I and I like this character, and I loved Rogue Rogue One, and I think that exploring that era of you know this whatever you want to call it, the Skywalker saga, the main timeline of Star Wars, is going to be interesting. Kind of the 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 burgeoning uh, rebellion, right? Like that is exciting to me. The kind of the birth of the Empire and and the new rebellion, that's cool. So. I'm all in for that reason. I, I, I trust Diego Luna to do an incredible job, and that character was already cool, so feels like we can do this. We can do two seasons, and it'll be a good time. Other things coming out of Lucasfilm shop, um, they did talk a little bit about Willow and uh, 
Indiana Jones 5, but there wasn't much. There was a Willow trailer. Willow is coming out later this year. I believe it's October. Um, so that is worth noting. And I don't have the trailer pulled up. It's actually November 30th that Willow comes out. Uh, they did mm-hmm. announce that Christian Slater will star in the series. There is a trailer out there. I'm sure we'll post it on social at some point. If not, know that it exists and you can go find it if you're interested. Um, Indiana Jones 5, like I said, not really a lot there. They showed a little bit of footage. Um, Harrison Ford cried on stage uh, as they showed it, which I was... I love that. Uh, but I was I was a little bit surprised by it because he doesn't always do so well at the big public events and he doesn't like it it's not his thing um but to see him have an emotional response to indy 5 i think is exciting for people who are a big fan of that and james mangle did say that he worked closely with both george lucas and steven spielberg on the film um so I don't know, Kirk, I, I, like what, what, what is your excitement level for Indiana Jones five? Just as like, this is just a, a pressure test for me. Yeah. I'm a big Indiana Jones fan. Huge. Uh, un- unfortunately, just really also a fan who is just like annoyed at kingdom of the crystal skulls. Yeah. Uh, should, it should have been way better, but despite that loved, loved the first trilogy, you know, uh, even watched young Indiana Jones when I was a, a young lad, mm-hmm. a young lass. And it was, it's very inspiring. It's very inspiring to, uh, I don't know, just be fearless and face your fears to become fearless, uh, and try new adventures. It, there's so many incredible themes in it. So having Indiana Jones five come and having it be a final real chapter when the last one was not great. Mm -hmm. um, It's very exciting for me. It's very exciting. Yeah. I'm always interested because I am not a diehard indie fan. I I like the movies. It's just, it's, it's never has been something that was like, this was a huge part of my childhood sort of thing. Um, I watched the movies and I liked them, et cetera. But um, I'm glad that, that you and others who are huge fans of Indiana Jones get to see Harrison Ford send it out on his own terms um, and to do so in a way that is obviously emotionally touching to him. And actually, um, James Mangold is, I think, one of the best directors going right now. I think yes. he does incredible work. So I don't think they could have found a better person. So um, even though we didn't get much at D23, I think lots to be excited for there on the Indy 5 front. Um, wrapping up the Star Wars news, just a couple of quick hitters. The Bad Batch Season 2 will be arriving January 4th of 2023. And then we got two big time trailers. The first one is for this new series we heard out a little a little bit of we heard about a little while ago called Tales of the Jedi. This is the animated series that will be six shorts uh, kind of put together um, that Dave Filoni is behind, of course, the genius yes. behind the Clone Wars and Rebels and all of those incredible things got a trailer for that this thing comes out october 26th all six shorts come out this year october 26th and so we got a trailer it's full full blown it looks in my opinion as someone who loves the clone wars and loves all of these characters um it looks awesome like ahsoka looks great and count dooku looks great and mace windu looks great um it just looks totally sick so as a reminder this is six original shorts as the trailer's saying right on cue it is um yeah it's it's interesting they're calling it like two stories of fate so i guess it's like parallel pathing two stories at the same time through these six shorts um but it's 
it's going to be very exciting, I think, Kirk. I know um, the animated Star Wars is not a place where you have dabbled much in, but looking at this and kind of hearing about the concept, what are your thoughts on it? You're right. I'm. It's very difficult for me to lock into an animated series. Just That's just me. But it. I cannot deny the storytelling looks great. The visuals look great. They are obviously bringing about the, the exact same artwork from Clone Wars and the movements. And it, it just looks darn good. Like that's plain and simple. It looks exciting. Yeah, they, they show some really interesting characters too. They show Yaddle fighting, which that's that's Yoda's <laughs> niece for those of you um, who are not aware or familiar with that character. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Lots of juicy bits. It's a great trailer. I think it's going to be exciting. And I, I really enjoyed um, Star Wars Visions, which was the like anime um, shorts that they did last year. And there's a season two of that coming. So that was very exciting. Um, there wasn't much on Ahsoka, which I know is another series that people are very, very much looking forward to. But the last haymaker they dropped before getting off the stage was Mandalorian Season 3. We got a, tra- a teaser trailer for Season 3. Um, it's arriving February of next year. So we're getting close. We're within, what, six months now? Um, it's so close. It's very close. This trailer has a little bit of everything. Um, lots of Mando, Mando, lots of Grogu, lots of Mandalore, um, which is very exciting. Some more Bo-Katan and uh, Babu Frick, who appeared in uh, <laughs> The Rise of Skywalker, appears in this. So that's exciting if you're into Babu, Babu. Frick, which I, I think everybody is is to varying <laughs> degrees. Um, so it's exciting, Kirk. How are you feeling about Mando season three? Are you ready to run it back? I am. I'll be honest with you. There are parts of the Mandalorian, the pacing sometimes sags, but what they showed us in the book of Boba Fett is that there's just an energy to this character. And honestly, with, with the merging of the, of the world of Boba Fett's with getting, catching up to the timeline so nicely, uh, it, it kind of gives more stakes to his world. And by doing that season three, looks a lot better there was lots of you know arguments over oh boba fett was terrible or it only got good when mandalorian garbage like they had they were gonna meet with each other no matter what to enhance each other to again raise the stakes and to catapult forward towards something even bigger together so seeing this trailer very exciting very very pumped up for it yeah i'm i could not be more stoked i mean i i tend to think like I I agree with you. I think there are complaints to be had about the pacing at times in this show, but I also think here's what, here's what I struggle with is like most of the shows that we regard as really good shows are many, many, many seasons long with hour long episodes where characters are painstakingly built and not each of those episodes is perfect. And some of them feel a little bit trivial and episodic. Even the best shows in the world, even The Sopranos, even Breaking Bad, even The Wire. There are episodes that feel like, hmm, why did we go down that rabbit hole for an episode? Or why did we do that? And I think that there's a level of character building that can come from those little small segments that you just can't really get otherwise. So I, I struggle with that a little bit. But your point about this character and its appeal... The, the powerhouse duo of Din Djarin and 
Grogu is unlike anything else. Like, like you said, in Boba Fett, even though it was like, why is Mando taking over the this show for the final two episodes? It was such a welcome surprise because everybody just loves this guy. I mean, he's he's just awesome. He's just so cool, and they've built a really awesome character and story and relationship between those two. So it's just like. I'm always ready for more. I'm always ready for more. And I think that this is a great trailer. It's so good. It's so good. All right. That's a wrap on Star Wars. Last, we're in the home stretch now. Oh, real, real quick. Yes. I, I've discovered some other art. Oh, I don't know Lord. if you knew what this. What is this bit? What is this happening? Is, this is absolutely great. I, I've also decided that we're going to sell these as NFTs as part of our <laughs> attempt to... <laughs> to monetize. To monetize. I like and so where your head's here, at, Kirk. This is... This is never been seen before this is insane we've got lots of different worlds happening right here okay so we mentioned willow is coming out notice the central point of mm. this world of this art i'm going to describe it to those who aren't watching it's a giant willow tree right it's so magical that it can reach between interdimensions of storylines like here we have lightsabers dangling in fact fighting each other from the tree limbs of the willow tree <laughs> etched into the willow tree's trunk in the exact correct font, the Bad Batch. I mean, wow. the trunk is kind of thin on Willow Tree, so there's like hyphens in between, but you get it. Um, Elio found his way onto the what? tree. He's like standing sideways. Elio, what are you yep. doing here? Yep, uh, Grogu is at the top of this Willow Tree because, of course, uh, we know how much his father, uh, Yoda, loves trees, dad you know? not his dad. Dagobah. Um, we have Indiana Jones hat. He's left it. He's been through the land of Willow. And he has lost his hat. He's got to come back to find it. Will he get the hat or will he get the Mandalorian helmet directly next to it? And of course, Tremors starring Christian uh, Slater. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Willow starring Christian Slater. We've got some we've got some ground that's been unearthed, uh, much like his his claim to fame in Tremors. I am choking. I'm too. choking on how awful this bit is. Is vote in the comments. Is this Kirk's worst bit ever? No, I mean, this is what's going to make us gajillions of dollars. I'm going to sell this, this NFTs, for, this NFT for 2.7 trillion starting and it'll be a bidding war. Just watch Cam. Bitcoin watch. only. Dogecoin Do only. Dogecoin only. <laughs> That's failing. All right, let's get out of here. We got to we got to do Marvel, Kirk. Please don't derail the show before we get through Marvel. Thank I you. No promises. All right. On the Marvel front. A couple of things. We got a few new plot details on Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is, of course, the sort of the closest in. I mean, it is the closest in uh, film that we have coming from Marvel Studios. So that makes it the most of note, I would say. But the plot details are, I think, really interesting, which is that following the death of King T'Challa, the rest of the world kind of sees this as an opportunity to seize the vast resources of Wakanda, which, according to Winston Duke, who plays M'Baku, have expanded significantly since the events of Endgame. They have more tech, they have more resources, they are more advanced than ever before. And so the things that we see in the trailer, with the Atlanteans coming into the fold, other kingdoms coming in to try to and, and government bodies and things like that trying to come in that is a war to kind of get wakanda to either share what they have or to take what they have etc now that t'challa no longer sits on the throne so i don't know about you kirk but that sounds pretty awesome apparently the footage that they showed 
showed an extensive fight between Namor and M'Baku. Um, again, Winston Duke, who is a great actor, and M'Baku, who's a great character, whose role I'm expecting to expand significantly in this movie. Kirk, what are your thoughts on those uh, new plot details we're hearing about? I think it's great. I, I think that there's also a level of respect that the community of D23 has for this film because so many other leaks came out and like videos and pictures and images, but nothing, not a single thing has come out on Wakanda Forever that I have seen. I haven't seen anything. Mm -hmm. So whether that's the respect or that is uh, Disney and Marvel going hard on deleting those things immediately (laughs) somehow with their magical powers and, and money, uh, I don't know what it is, but I really feel like that that's very, just very incredible, an incredible path forward for these characters who have been just left in just disarray with the death of their king slash Chadwick Boseman. It's very exciting. Kevin Feige also called it the biggest, this is a quote, the biggest thing they have ever done. The yeah. biggest thing they have ever done, which is broad, but potentially quite a significant statement on his part. Like, what does that mean? I mean, is this big in what way? Ambitions, uh, scale, um, all of the above. I mean, you think end game when you think biggest thing they've ever done. I think everybody thinks end game. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm interested to see. I mean, I mean, I couldn't be more interested, but that is that statement is not one that I was anticipating from him. No, no. Oh, Kirk. Kirk's frozen. We lost Kirk. That's all right, Kirk. We'll catch you on the flip-flop. I think the your internet is turning on us because we've been streaming for so long, but that's okay. If you can still hear me, great. If not, we'll just keep we'll just keep rolling here. All right. Other things from the Marvelverse. Can you hear me, Kirk? I'm back. We lost I you. I got I got blipped. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. back now. I think it was Disney uh they were they were hearing the topic of our conversation and they were censoring you to make sure you didn't share any sensitive info about the film. Yeah, they saw the logo. They're like, "Nope, zap that out Can't of here!" Can't <laughs> Shut her down. Shut her down. Um, all right, let's move on quickly through some of these some of the quick hitters. First of all, Ironheart. We got some new details there, which is that Ryan Coogler, the director of Black Panther, uh, will be executive producing the show. So. Wow. That's great news. Um, Anthony Ramos, who we knew was going to be in this series, he is playing the Hood, which is a villain, and we knew that he was going to be a villainous character. And for those of you who are privy to the comics and know that things like Secret Invasion and uh, Kang and those sorts of things are coming up, should not be surprised to hear that the Hood is appearing in this show. So that's exciting and, and probably means that Anthony Ramos will have... Um, a good-sized role going forward if he is not vanquished in season one of the Ironheart series. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, on Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania, nothing major here, just that, you know, sort of obviously this will tie directly into Avengers the Kang Dynasty, with Kang being the main villain of the film and, and, and really of the entire three phases that we're working through here. That's not a significant surprise, but that was really the only new plot detail they shared there. Um, On the Marvels, they basically said that the plot of that movie is that 
as we kind of saw at the end of Miss Marvel with the post credit scene, there has been a switcheroo of the Marvels, which are, you know, Tayana Paris, uh, Iman Vellani, and Brie Larson's characters have sort of switched yes. places and are now trying to find their way back to where they need to go. I mean, I'm sure more details will be unveiled in the film about why this is happening and, and all of that. But those were the details we got there. And then we got two trailers, one of which I think people were expecting and the other of which I don't think anyone was expecting. So let's start with the one that people were expecting. And that is for Marvel's Secret Invasion series. Um, this is sort of being dis described as, you know, it's been described by Kobe Smulders as sort of like a, a political thriller, a spy thriller. Um, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of interesting things here. Tons of Nick Fury happening. So Samuel L. Jackson front and center. We get to see Olivia Coleman's character in the Marvel Universe for the first time. We get to see Amelia Clark's character in the MCU for the first time. As well as some Ben Mendelsohn, who of course plays yes. Talos. More Kobe Smulders as Maria Hill. And lots of, lots of, lots of other interesting things. Kirk, my takeaway, this trailer is awesome. Um, I thought it was just, I think this looks really, really good. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I really don't know too much about the Secret Invasion storyline, like very little. And seeing this thing come to life, you you don't need to wonder anymore. It, it is a mystery. It is a thriller. There is There are all these politics to it, intergalactic and... Oh, the explosions are so good, and the and the 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 beat of this trailer is so strong. I mean, I want it all. I'm this above everything else on uh, Disney TV. This is the last time that I have been excited since WandaVision and Loki. Like this excited, this looks incredible. I agree. This feels very different from in terms of scale, in terms of significance um impact it feels very different from the things we've been getting from the mcu shows you know really since loki i would say and i'm very excited the tone of it is serious it's sharp it looks good um i could not be more excited i, I, I like i am totally stoked about this and it's it's starting to stream next year it reminds me of winter soldier kirk that's yes. Like that's the I, I feel like anybody who watches this trailer goes, that's the Winter Soldier. And many people, many, many people regard that as, if not the best Marvel movie of them all, somewhere in the top five. And I think you and I are both in the camp of top five. Yeah, it was the biggest game changer, honestly. The yeah. the storytelling was unlike that before. And this feels like it's gonna totally flip the script to reference early two thousands lingo on what everything will play out as going forward. Yeah, so keep an eye out for Secret Invasion. Lots of scrolls, maybe some Kree, you know, some some war warring factions going on there. Lots of intrigue. It's going to be interesting. Next trailer we got came out of left field. Lots of people have been anticipating this, but very few expected it this soon. Um, and that's the Werewolf by Night trailer. This is being billed as a special event a marvel studios special um which is sort of the same way they're talking about of course the guardians of the galaxy holly uh holiday special but this um trailer features gail garcia bernal um who i believe rose to acclaim 
due to the Mozart in the Jungle series, which was an Amazon Prime series that scooped up a bunch of Emmys back in the day. Very good actor. Um, he is starring as our friend the werewolf by night. And Laura Connolly is also in this production. The whole thing's in black and white. It's directed by Michael Giacchino, who many people will be like, wait, you mean like the guy who writes the scores for all of the movies? Yes, that guy. He's also a director. He has, there's no limit to his skill. But this whole thing just looks like a black and white sort of B-horror movie from the 1930s. And it looks crazy. And it's coming out in time for the holiday season for Halloween. Um, So October 7th is when it will be out. And is expected to have major ramifications on the Marvel Universe going forward, including Gail Garcia Bernal's character um, being a part of the MCU on an ongoing basis. Kirk, your thoughts? Looks pretty cool. Yeah, Gail Garcia, he's also been in a a film directed by John Daly uh, called Rosewater uh, about a political uh, true story. Very, very interesting. Very fascinating. His his whole career has been fascinating. Can you back that trailer up just a little bit? Because if I am not mistaken, I believe that in this trailer, we see the TVA attempting to prune some people in a little scene. And you can go forward, forward, forward. Eh, Almost right there yeah those guys yep i kid up. you not that has to be the tva yeah they've got the prune sticks like not only are we getting this full black and white uh just dreamscape absolute like just uh genre love fest going on here then they sneak that into the trailer i did not see that the first time i watched this trailer i'm only seeing it literally right now live and i am even more intrigued now than i was before yeah, it should be interesting. And, and I noticed that this character, as well as Man-Thing, who appears in the trailer as well. Yes. And I, I love Man-Thing as a character. Um, and his design looks awesome. But both of those characters have appeared in additional MCU-related designs that have been shown post-D23, including things related to Avengers Campus at Disneyland's California Adventure Park. So thinking this will have some ramifications for sure for the MCU and beyond but dude i'm right i'm right there with secret invasion on this one it just looks cool it looks awesome it looks different i'm ready for a bit of a tone shift with the mcu um i'm enjoying miss marvel i enjoyed she hulk um i mixed i mixed up the tenses on my pronouns there or my verbs enjoying and enjoyed but uh you know i like the stuff that's coming out now but i think that Doing something different is, I think a bit of a palate cleanser is needed as we've gotten a bit of like tone stagnance from them um, between those those and Thor Love and Thunder, etc. So I'm excited for some different flavors and this certainly falls within that category. So very excited. It really there. does. All right. Other things coming out of Marvel, Loki season two is coming. And the big announcement here was that Ki Hui Kwan who, of course, people will know um, if you saw everything everywhere all at once. He played Waymond, and he starred, speaking of Indiana Jones, as Short Round all the way back in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Um, He's joining the cast as a TVA employee. Kirk, how excited are you for this? 
That's so good. I mean, I thought we'd never see that that little kid again. I mean, just like a couple of of just absolute classic roles in film history. And now we've got him back just like running, sprinting back into our lives. And I'm so thankful. Uh, it's perfect. It's it's the perfect way for him to come into the world of Marvel and the MCU. Thank goodness. I'm so excited. Yeah, I the most wholesome thing from all of D23 was the picture of him with Harrison Ford just smiling. He was hugging Harrison Ford just like, oh my gosh, it was so awesome. I was like, is he going to be in Indiana Jones 5 too? Like, would be so cool, but... He might. He might. He might. You never know. But very exciting. Lots of Marvel news. Lots of Disney news. That's a wrap on D23 Expo, Kirk. We, I think, covered... What in the world is this? No. (laughs) Is that a werewolf? Our next NFT. You see, in, in this image, ladies and gentlemen, listening, there's a heart, almost like an iron heart, but being grasped tightly by the Black Panther. Right. Claw. We have the word marvelous written across the image. We have Ant-Man way down low, jumping towards or away from. I'm not sure. We have shh for secret invasion. (laughs) We have I-L-K-O for Loki because the world and the timelines are all mixed Uh, up. Yeah, that's good. And then we have, which way, which way is it? And then we have the moon and a werewolf howling at said moon. For Werewolf by Night. This, I mean, guys. But where's get, Elio, get Kirk? Where is Elio? <laughs> oh, well. He didn't make he did The first one, his, he didn't make the cut. His appearance. I mean, if if you were to have Elio somewhere, I oh, mean, where Lord. would you where would you put him? Um, Don't draw uh, him right now. Don't do could it. Could he be under <laughs> the heart? Could he be on the moon? That would oh, make sense, right? I hate right? this bit. It's the but, worst. But, oh, oh, wait. Shocker. It's actually America Ferreira. (laughs) (laughs) It's always America Ferreira. We are going to make so much money off of these. So much money. We're going to somehow we're going to lose money because of, because of this. I don't know how, I don't know if we're going to get, I I don't know how it's going to happen, but I I sense bad things coming our way because of this. Wait, I'm hearing in my ear. My house was just foreclosed. Yeah. I was going to say, this is a karma thing. Like you put bad energy into the world and it, it comes back around to get you. Well, thanks for that. Kirk, whatever that was, but um, D23 Expo, hour and a half episode to break down all of the details of it. Did we miss something? I'm sure we did. I'm certain we did. Um, in fact, I know we didn't talk about Iwaju or Zootopia Plus, just right off the top of my head, but yeah. there was simply too much, and we tried our best, and if there's anything else pressing that we missed, we'll catch it next time, but... That is all we've got for this week's episode. Here are some things to note. We have back-to-back time off coming. Uh, Kirk will be on PTO, and then I will be on PTO at our various jobs doing some R&R. So no idea what that means for the podcast schedule. It's possible that I will be reviewing See How They Run next week by myself. It's possible that we'll do some best-of stuff. I mean, really, the, the options are endless. As we stated earlier, we are in control here and we not even we know what's coming. So the, there really is no amount of um, there's no end to the number of possibilities that could occur over the next week. So keep an eye out for that, for some programming notes and things like that. 
otherwise, thank you guys so much for listening. We had, Kirk, we had our best downloads and listens month ever last what? month in August. Yes, in August. Wow. We did. We had a thousand downloads nearly um, last month with not that many episodes. We only released, I think, like eight episodes in the whole month. So kudos to all of you who were listening. It was our best month ever. We pour our heart and soul into this. We really enjoy doing it. We do it because you guys listen and we love to do it. So thank you so much for listening and downloading. Tell your friends if you are enjoying the show and want to pass it on to them, we would be greatly appreciative. And finally, we are going to give a special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs and the band who created our original music rhetoric and catch those guys on anywhere you listen to music And we will hopefully see you next week. Talk to you then.